Welcome to the 813 Discussion, a podcast committed to seeing the truth of God's Word in Philippians 4, 8 through 13 set people free to thrive. From the offices of Hope Learning Academy in Southern California, and broadcasting from an RV somewhere in Arizona, here's your hosts, Pastor Paul Kruger and Samantha Opp. Welcome back to the 813 discussion, everyone. Thank you for being here. We're your hosts. I'm Samantha Opp, and this is Pastor Paul Kruger. Say hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. (laughs) I know. I've always got the stupid dad jokes. It's fine. You're a dad. It's like like you become a dad. You know, they're all freaking adults now. (laughs) We don't have any minors in our house all of a sudden. No, that's too much. That's crazy. Too much is a good word. Because it reminds me too of like how old I've gotten. You're so old. Because I remember them when I was going to the school and they were like three, four, five years old or however. Sarah Hayden literally cried. Did she really? Yeah, when we were just talking about where they're at and going to school and all that kind of stuff. She literally cried. Um, So she's trying to get to Um, grandpa. What? Is she What'd trying to say? get to Grandpa Paul? Because apparently, no, she. I'm... Oh yeah, that was so. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. And her, we were in the grandpa, car. Yeah, like we were it. in. The, yeah, the, we were in the car <laughs> yesterday, and what did what did she say? I I texted you it word for word what she said because it was it. like fresh in my mind. But yeah. Snow was talking to Ellie. We were on our way back from church, and you said Snow just said you are her grandpa because yeah. you're in California. And because you like her so much. Yes. <laughs> it was so funny. Made no, my the, day. I'm in the motorhome right now and she just, you know, the motorhome is small. So the bathroom door is right there. And so she had to go potty. Um, hold on one second. Let me mute the <laughs> microphone really quick. So as she mutes the microphone, you can only imagine what she's putting up with in an RV with a toddler needing to go to the restroom while she's trying to podcast right in front of them. So it is very appropriate that we're talking about parenting today. Um, I'm talking about parenting teenagers. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about specifically about teen relationships and navigating that with our teenagers, which is a big subject. It's a scary one for a lot of, uh, of, of parents and a lot of families, and we have personal experience with that. So, um, <laughs> but Sam will continue bringing, oh, I just ate up time for you. Thank you so preacher. much. I'll and just, you're so go. good at that. You're so good at that. <laughs> yeah. Ask no, my so- wife. She'll tell you the same thing. Oh yeah. He can just talk about nothing forever. Yeah. Uh, before, before we get into talking <laughs> about teen relationships, I just wanted to share a little, this is like such a God thing. And so I hadn't been to church for a few weeks. If you guys didn't know, it took me a while to find a church and I finally found one and have been going to this one. And I, I'm not like very strict every single week. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of like sick kids and everything. So, you know, some weeks you miss, but the past few weeks I haven't gone and I was really struggling yesterday With wanting to go and make the drive because it is a little bit far for me. It takes like a good 45 minutes, but it is worth it because I like the church and the nursery and all that. But I was really struggling yesterday with wanting to make the drive. 
And there was a lot of inner conviction going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like just feeling guilty. I haven't gone in a few weeks. I feel like I really need to go, but just like not wanting to, like, it was just a whole thing. Then I made my final decision on going because snow was being a little, I don't want to go to church and I don't want to go. And I said, oh, now we're really going. Mm -hmm. And so we got ready, got in the car. I picked up Ellie because I can always count on her wanting to go. She always wants to go. Get Ellie, who is my niece, by the way, if you didn't know. And we go to church and I get them all set up. I go in and today or well, yesterday we were going to be doing communion and they passed out these cute little cups. One side had the grape juice. The other side had the bread in it. And as Pastor Ryan is talking about communion and, you know, the importance of it and just, you know, just all the things, right? Just like everything, everything that you, why you take communion, blah, 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 right? He's -hmm. like, okay, everybody just like get ready, open up your bread side. And then he's talking about breaking bread and all that. And I open mine and it's empty. And I was like, oh, this is... (laughs) oh great like what do i what do i do i just discovered where this is going and i was thinking okay it's fine like i've taken communion before i could just like pretend i don't need to go and like tell everyone oh excuse me excuse me because that's like something else too that like i don't want to do like that's hard for me to do like it's almost like raising your hand in class like in front of Mm -hmm. you know a bunch of people like not something i do right (laughs) and as i'm sitting there and i'm like hold on a second and he's talking and i'm just talking in my head like not even paying attention i'm just so focused on this bread being gone and i'm like okay hold on a second i'm thinking i really need to go get this bread right now um why is it that my cup is empty of bread and so then I go I'm like I'm like this has already been a day I was struggling so bad with like not wanting to come to church and then I come to church I'm like Satan not today okay we are not dealing with this like this is you are not getting me today so I go and I totally was that person like excuse me excuse me like going down the aisle of people I go and get a new cup and the girl's like, I was like, yeah, mine doesn't have bread. She's like, oh no, it's on the other side. I'm like, no, I literally have no bread in mine. She was like, oh, well, here you go. And gave me a new one. And then all was fine. But so I'm like, okay, like, I'm glad that I did that. But then this is where I was like, totally like tearing up. And I was like, this is like such a God thing. Okay. So I go and pick up snow afterwards. And it was like, like, I got so much out of yesterday's service. Like I, like the worship was so good. And like, it just ended up being like, I needed to be there. And so then, yeah. So I go and get snow And usually I don't let her take anything into her little class, like toys or Mm -hmm. anything. But yesterday I did. She had like a pocket full of little like knickknacks or whatever. And I'm like, okay, whatever, just go. Well, I go to pick her up and the ladies that are in there were like, oh, a mom left you a note. And I was like, a mom left me a note? Okay. And so I get it. And it's like, it said, you know, um, 
Snow gave my daughter a little trinket. Um, please text me if that's not okay. Also, let me know if you want to set up a play date. And I just felt like I was so excited about it because um, I don't know anybody that really goes to that church. Like, I, you know, my friend Jasmine mm-hmm. goes with me and stuff, but like, that's like a, us going together. Like, I haven't really met anybody new at the church. Mm-hmm. And so I just like felt this like overwhelming, like, just like happiness and like gratitude because um that's one of the things that I've been like really praying about is like maybe starting to find like bigger community and like more um like Christ-centered friends to like hold me accountable because I'm I know I've said it before about feeling like really alone in my mm-hmm. faith, like especially at like just everyone that I'm normally Alone surrounded with. Good. And so it it's hard for me to like stay on top of like just everything, just my relationship with God and like putting it first. And, you know, just I feel so bad about it because I'm so distracted and I don't have anybody to like help me stay on track like I know I shouldn't need that but like it does help when you have a community of people of being like hey do that's you why that's why you God know? said through Paul don't forsake assembling together he knew we needed each other well so then yesterday's service was literally about that and it was about um like uh that that scripture and two Corinthians about being the like perfume and he mm-hmm. did the fragrance uh, of the Lord, the fragrance of the Lord. And, um, he brought people up as examples of like community and like, you know, all, all that. And like, so it was just like, so for me. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, there's always a reason why I get so just like, like convicted on like, like obviously like the devil doesn't want me to go to church. He didn't want mm-hmm. me to to have that message today and like of course he doesn't. get that opportunity and but like I went anyways and it was just like such a god thing. Okay? And it was just like so great. So I everybody will be happy to know that I did message that mom and we're going to schedule like a play date after church next week. Awesome. There's my story. <laughs> That's a great story. And you know I think it's a perfect segue into the idea that um, parenting is scary and we do feel alone much of the time. And, yeah. you know, I tell parents sometimes when I have them in the conference room when we're doing an intake or something like that, that parenting is one of the scariest things I've ever done um, mm-hmm. because we care so deeply about the success and the safety of our children. And we're, we're more emotionally um, invested in them than they even know how to measure um, even yeah. my kids at almost 20 and just turning 18, um, they have no idea the depth of my love for them and, mm-hmm. and how hard it is sometimes to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those areas that I know parents struggle in is in relationships and how do we help our teens navigate relationships? Um, right now you're navigating a relationship for your toddler. Mm-hmm. And and helping her learn about friendship and about those boundaries. She's learned some of that from Ellie. Um, mm-hmm. But you modeling for her 
getting together with this parent and interacting, even if it doesn't go well and with other friends mm-hmm. that you've had, or if it does go well, all that modeling that you do is setting snow up for success later because it's teaching her it's building a capacity in her for relationship so that she will measure that she shouldn't be alone later when she has to think about it on her own. Mm -hmm. And and so it, it's a big deal there. I said what I Mm -hmm. always say that cliche, it's a big deal, Um, (laughs) but it is a big deal. Yeah. So, so I think we're going to sort of uh, stop our parenting series for a second after this. Is that right? After this week and go back to stuff or we can stay in parenting. I Wasn't there some movement I, on the Facebook about wanting some other topics? Yes. Uh, so Jamie well, we'll decide. Had suggested something, but we'll yeah, decide. we'll. Yeah. Yes. So this this uh, we may take a pause in the parenting, or we'll continue. Sam and I will mm-hmm. talk about it um, off the air, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. I did want to do also too. I did want to do an episode about being the fragrance. Uh, cool of Christ and stuff, because it was like really moving to me yesterday. It is moving. Um, that section of second Corinthians is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, some of the word, some of the imagery and word pictures that Paul uses there when he wrote that letter to the church at Corinth and what the church at Corinth was going through. Um, it's pretty incredible. So yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. And, okay. and I think that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so ready to dive into teen relationships. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I want to first give parents some hope. In my experience, Mm -hmm. I've seen great parents have kids that make horrible relationship decisions. I've seen horrible parents whose kids make great relationship decisions. And I've seen everything in between. So if you're a parent whose child is making bad decisions about relationships, um, resist the first urge to take it on yourself and decide that you're a horrible parent. Um, because I mean, you might be, I'm not going to tell you you're not, but chances are you're a good parent. Um, Mm -hmm. but even if you're not, we're not here to judge that we're here to give you some tangible tools and perspectives on, um, relationships for teenagers. And, And I'll sort of, I guess, share some of my journey, um, with my own kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll, uh, share, uh, from my experience with the school also. Mm-hmm. Um, are you trying to get my attention? Okay, good. Speaking of my kids, <laughs> um, even though he's my man child now. Um, <laughs> so, and you have experience with this also, Sam. Um, I'm not going to talk about your pre-walk days. Uh, that's not to be aired out here, but you've been a teenager on in mm-hmm. not healthy relationships and you've mm-hmm. been in healthy relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I, as a teenager, was the same. I had some unhealthy relationships and some healthy relationships. So that, and and I think all parents can sort of say, "Oh yeah, that's when I made a really bad decision, and I made a really good decision." Um, mm-hmm. Number one, I want to start with parents. You need to be vulnerable in front of your children with this. It's okay mm-hmm. for you to admit your mistakes in relationships without going into graphic detail. They don't need to. You know, it's it's like the shows when p- two people hold hands, kiss, and walk into a, a bedroom. They could shut the door and we'd all know what was going on. They don't have to show mm-hmm. in movies and television every little detail. You don't have to share every detail, and I, I encourage you not to um, with your children. But the but the lessons about relationship, the big macro um, environmental things that go on behaviorally, all of those things that go on in relationships, it is really healthy 
when we can look at our children and go, Hey, I've been through something like that and it's, it sucks mm-hmm. and I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, it's hard for us to decide when we let our kids, um, uh, make their own decisions with relationships. And when we dive in, you know, um, when do we let them learn from relationships ending? When do we let them r- learn from relationships starting, um, watching them go through the heartbreak, um, of, of breakups and the, the, or watching them go through this, they're enamored with this new person that we don't want them with. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things, um, it's all hard. Do you have any perspectives on that? How difficult it is? I mean, you're in for it with snow, um, (laughs) and, and you're going to, you're going to be very ready for her with a lot of the information you're getting here, but it's hard. Yeah. And I just wonder too, like how different it would have been for me growing up if I had more like communicative like parents that you know were more like open when it came to talking about like relationships more so than just being like oh don't be with him or Mm -hmm. or you know just do as I say not as I do type of thing Mm -hmm. like I the why becomes important yeah because you know as a like I remember so much so as a teenager truly thinking that like I was I knew everything like I knew what I was doing and Wait, you didn't know everything Sam no <laughs> boy I know your very... teacher and principal and pastor I, I thought know, you knew everything I'm I know. shocked right now it's it's kind of hard <laughs> to believe I think um no but because you know now being an adult and having you know maybe my um my frontal lobe um matured um maybe I, maybe I um, a little bit yet. more than it used Ask to be wife. i think <laughs> um like i just i i my perspective on things is just so different now and there's so many mm-hmm. things that i i look back on that i'm just like why would i do that why would i think that like why would i think that those things are okay like even just being in a like a romantic relationship with someone that was like definitely very abusive. Like why didn't I have that like self love and self respect for myself to not be involved in a relationship like that, you know? And well, there's a couple of things that you just said there that are, I think are big for parents starting off right here. Number mm -hmm. one is you're talking, you're describing how different you are now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we need to protect our kids from making lifelong decisions as much as we can. Cause when they're 18 or, and in some states 16, the law gives them the ability to make their own decisions. Even yeah. though, like Sam just said, by the time you're 24 or 25, you're a completely different person than you were mm-hmm. when you were, you know, 16, 17, 18. And so that's a scary thing for a parent. And it's mm-hmm. okay to communicate that to your kids. Like, Hey, um, as much as you're enamored with this person, as much as you're smitten by them, as much as they're your world right now, and you mm-hmm. don't think your life could be okay without this person, mm-hmm. um, you're going to, in a few years, in fact, I've said this, uh, I think all three of my kids, you're going to look back on this moment, this version of you, and you're going, what mm-hmm. an idiot. Boy, I didn't know what love was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. the other thing you said is you were you found yourself in a abusive relationship and you don't know mm-hmm. why you didn't like buck the trend, why you didn't um, commit to not be in that relationship. And I'm sorry, I've got mm-hmm. an earbud 
Evidently, my ear has changed shape since the last time I used this earbud because it does not want to stay in this <laughs> like one. Not um, so, yeah. And, you know, I just I like I'm not trying to like talk bad about um, like my parents or anything. And like, no, but why? They why were. did you stay in that relationship? No, exactly. Why? Why did I? So, so I one no of the idea. major reasons is kids don't know that it's not normal, right? So, how do they but find out too, that a relationship's not healthy if it's not modeled in front of them? If they're not told, if we're not in our kids' lives enough that they feel they can talk to us, that there's an open all those things you've already mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And, and then some parents struggle with, well, you know, they don't talk to me. Well. You can't fix that, but but you're not easy to talk to. Says, you might not be. Some people <laughs> yeah. might be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my kids tend to talk to me about relationship stuff right now um, more than they talk to my. Well, Caden does. Uh, mm -hmm. My girls will talk to my wife. Um, yeah, and that's okay. We're a team. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. thankful that they're going to her if they're not going to me, and right. she's thankful that he's coming to me if he's not going to her. Yeah, and, and some of that sort of normal. Um, but the, there, there's only going to be a parent in a kid's life. That's going to care enough about them to say, Hey, this relationship might not be healthy for you. And here's why. And your kid might get really pissed off at you when you try to do mm -hmm. that because they've got self-worth and self-concept and identity and all those things attached to this person in an unhealthy manner. But mm -hmm. you're still going to get your, I told you so moment when later everything falls in around them and it doesn't work out. And they, mm -hmm. and even if they won't admit it on the outside, cause they usually won't, mm -hmm. they're going to think it on the inside that, man, I wish I'd listened to my parents. And then you're going to have that magical moment when they come to you like, Hey, uh, I talked to you. Yeah. Right. So are there other things me, like about staying, um, like staying in the relationship that you could speak to here? Um, like, is there anything else there that you think could have been done to help you not be in that relationship? Um, I don't know if you remember, if we're talking oh, about no. the same relationship, because mm -hmm. I'm not going to say names here, but I think I told you. I think I remember having a conversation with you like, hey, you shouldn't put up with that. Yes. No, I think, you know, you definitely did. I feel like multiple times. Right. You, okay, so, you for sure were the only one because when it with like in my parents, like that, like with them, they, they never really said anything to me. Um, you knew about they didn't that like him. relationship. Yeah. And Especially I just dad. like, yeah. And, and I remember too, though, like, just like, not that I was gonna like break up with him or anything but like i do remember wishing that he was different in like certain ways so that way did like you try to we... change him i did i think Which I, also dangerous. because that that but that's such a typical especially with girls that's like such it a is. typical thing like they they really think that they can change somebody ladies you cannot help a guy climb a ladder he's got to climb it himself yeah, and I do wonder too, because I just I don't know. I feel like I'm so different than a lot of people with like their relationship, like with their parents and like how they like see like their relationship with their parents and everything. Like, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, 
oh, girls, like they'll try to find someone just like their dad or something like that. And me, that's like so not the case at all. So it's like, um, like I didn't, I didn't really like care. I feel like too much of what they thought. Cause I really had it in my head that I was going to be with this person forever. And I mm-hmm. wasn't going to even be like around my parents at all. Like I, I truly had it in my head like that, you know? So it right. it's just like, it was kind of like, well, and I think I was hoping kids... to change him like to, for me, but I didn't care about like what my parents thought. I knew that right. they didn't like him, but like, I didn't care about that well, and there's a lot of other dynamics that go into that too i mean there could be yeah. the middle the proverbial middle finger to your parents it could mm-hmm. be that you're, you you like are know it all at that yeah. age like you admitted that earlier it could be all of those mm-hmm. things yeah subconsciously i mean she wasn't i actually just like, feel like ah. no i and i just feel like uh, my situation is so different i feel like than a lot of people like a lot of like typical like teenagers because i feel like the way the way that i grew up like with the mindset and like feelings towards my parents is not typical. And I, I don't know why maybe it is, but I just don't feel like it is. Um, it is actually. Is it? Yeah. I've seen a lot of them, a lot of okay. relationships and, okay, and believe it or not, um, your parents, I'm not even going to make that statement. You're not, you weren't as in bad a situation as a lot of kids I work with. Okay. Well, that's good. So no. So no. Um, but you bring something up that's important. You know, if a kindergarten walks into a a into a room like with adult chairs in it, they look huge. And mm-hmm. then if that kindergartner doesn't walk into that room until they're an adult, they remember it being huge. And then they walk mm-hmm. into it. Now it looks really small. You know, our perspectives yeah. change over time. The same yeah. thing can be said about teen relationships. Um, you see this person, you're like, oh, it's all this person. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be with this person forever. They are my everything. All of those things. But you don't even know what you're talking about yet. But you really yeah. can't tell a teenager that they don't know what they're talking about. You can't tell them, oh, you don't know what love is. You can't tell them like, oh, you just don't know. And so mm-hmm. let's talk about then some strategies. If our mm-hmm. kids don't necessarily listen to us, if they're not good at listening to us, if we're not always good at communicating to them, let's lay down a gauntlet or some tools of some basic things that we can do with our teen relationships. And I guess I'm going to talk about some things that I set up with mine. Okay. okay. You ready? All right. Yeah. Cause so I need to take ta- notes too. <laughs> well, you have the recording. Um, <laughs> I know. So let's talk about dating. Number one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you a dating age. I'm not going to say, Oh, your kids should not date before they're 16. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say based on maturity, I'm going to say there's some 16 year olds that have no business dating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you have to base it on maturity, but my basic rules for dating. Um, and I did have a little bit of a double standard, especially for my daughters. Um, <laughs> was that the dates planned ahead of time and mm-hmm. I know the plan or you don't go. Um, I want to know who, what, when, where, why, how, all of those details. And until I have those details, just count on there being a no. Once I have those details, you might get a yes. Okay. Um, so, so there's that. And then some other things is 
number one, I don't even like the idea of dating. If a kid comes to me and says, can I date your daughter? I'm going to look at him and go, no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let the crickets and the awkwardness set in. I'm going to go, you can court her, but you're not dating her. Dating sounds mm-hmm. like you want to go play with my daughter, like a play date. You're not playing with my daughter <laughs> unless you want to lose your life somehow, magically and unexpectedly and secretly. Um, and, you know, there's all that dad machismo in there and all that stuff. But seriously, right. um, courtship is something completely different. Courtship is when you come and you say, hey, I'm interested in your daughter respectfully and I'm interested in her romantically and I'd like permission to be spend more time with her and get to know her in an exclusive friendship that could lead to a longer lasting commitment eventually as long as you mm-hmm. let me live that long. That's the idea behind courtship. And so I've always taught my daughters and my son that, that that's what a healthy dating, you know, cause they always have different words. When I was a kid, it was, yeah. you're going out. Okay. Yeah. Um, the generation before me said, we're going steady. Um, now there's talking and there's this, and there's all these different statuses, but yeah. the, um, but the bottom line is I taught my kids that there's this stairway of intimacy that we've talked about before, even mm-hmm. in previous podcasts. Yeah. That if, if you make this grand staircase of intimacy and the bottom stair is somebody that's just like an acquaintance on the street that you've just met. And the very top is exclusive lifelong romantic partner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every stairway and you got to put as many stairways as you can, because that relationship at the top is so important. Mm-hmm. Every stairway is only built by two currencies, okay? Trust and time. So as we grow in those stairs of intimacy, we only we only can grow in magnitudes of trust and time. We get into trouble and we're in danger of falling down those stairs when we go to too high of a stair step too quickly without enough mm-hmm. trust and time to earn our way up those stairs properly. And so that'd be an example of kids that get involved in premarital sex, you know, after a first date, they're getting all hot and heavy, you know, mm-hmm. all the all the hormones are flowing and they jump to this stair and you're mm-hmm. setting yourself for for up for a fall because when you when that relationship doesn't work out because you made it about something that doesn't actually build relationships, meaning sex, you fall down. Cuz sex doesn't build relationships. Right. It just I cannot teach my kids fun. about about a relationship by teaching them about sex. That won't teach them anything. In fact, when I do premarital counseling for couples uh, that are making that commitment to be lifelong spouses, husband and wife, mm-hmm. um, when we get to that that section on intimacy, um, you having been through it, it's not awkward at all. Uh, we talk mm-hmm. about communication. And we talk yeah. about that the the marriage bed is exclusive and there's supposed to be communication and understanding and, and, you know, have, have a blast, but make sure that you're committed to pleasing the other person, because if you're committed to pleasing them and they're committed to pleasing you, then it's going to be wonderful. But that that exclusively belongs and people can call me old fashioned, but this is not old fashioned. This is just plain old truth. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's old fashioned because the truth isn't being applied anymore. But if Mm -hmm. you reserve that physical relationship for the level of commitment at the top of the stairs that it deserves, 
you're not going to get hurt. You're less likely to get hurt. And so Mm -hmm. I have driven that into my kids' heads that nobody deserves that until they've committed to you for life. And all my kids Mm -hmm. believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's sort of a nutshell of where I go with my kids, but I also have to model to my girls how I want them to be treated by a, a guy. And so I make sure that I'm loving my wife in front of them in a way that's respectful, that's, that's honoring. I tease her mercilessly, but they know where, where that comes from in my heart. Also, um, they see an active love relationship between me and my wife. That's respectful. And they know I honor her. I've taught them to honor her. And in that process, they've learned what kind of a man they're going to go look for. And honestly, the guys that that they've gotten involved with, um, all of them have been very respectful, God-loving um, people. Uh, Faith is talking to a, a new young man. And um, I'm so impressed, uh, even though this is on podcast, don't tell her. Um, I'm so impressed at what her standards are and what she's looking for. And, you know, I don't know if he's ideal or not. I don't really know him that well, but based on the (laughs) standards that she's setting, um, I'm impressed with my daughter. Um, I'm impressed with my other daughter because she's determined that she's not going to bother with guys until she goes to college. I think it's a great decision. Um, I'm impressed with my son and and who he's with right now and her respect Mm -hmm. levels and, and um, just the quality of an individual that she is, whether they're together for life or not, all of these things were mm-hmm. set up through modeling and open communication. So, okay. So, you know, me being somebody who has um, young children, uh-huh. when do you think is a good time to try to start teaching this, the staircase of intimacy? Um, yesterday. Like now, but absolutely. So she's going on a play date, right? Mm -hmm. So she's not going to understand words like intimacy and, and, and truth and time Mm -hmm. and, or trust and time. She might not be able to wrap her brain fully around those concepts yet, Mm -hmm. but you can be at work showing her how important those things are. Because sometimes when we get hurt by people, it was our fault because we went up the stairs too quickly. And so, so you're going to have opportunities in the, in the, in the world being Mm -hmm. our lab, um, you're going to have lab opportunities with her to talk about how you build friendship and how you're loyal and how you don't lie to each other and how you should communicate and, and all those types of things, um, speak of the devil. Um, and, uh, you know, you're going to be able to, to use real world modeling for that. And I'd be teaching you those concepts. Now you're not going to teach her the stairway and all that specifically. Um, but I'll tell you this when, you know, parents are afraid of the talk, um, with their kids. I wasn't, Mm um, I'm blunt and it doesn't bother me at all. doesn't freak me out, but I'll tell you, I would never have a discussion about physical intimacy and what sex is without having a discussion Mm -hmm about the stairway of intimacy because it's more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have taught our kids from the very get-go that um, that sex is a marriage intimacy, a physical marriage intimacy that should be reserved for intimacy. Think about it. If if And this is rare that people are virgins when they get married, but if two people were able to accomplish being virgins when they get married, you'll never have better huh? sex. That's true, huh? You'll never compare that person to another person. Yeah. Um, 
the ex- exploration and discovery that happens in the marriage bed will be that much sweeter um, because there is no comparison. There's no wondering. There's no, none of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that my wife and I reserved um, that for our marriage bed. And I, and there's a special blessing that I think the Lord brings. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that people that have uh, had premarital sex can't be blessed by the Lord in their marriage. They absolutely can. Right. Um, but I'm just saying that that's something that I'm going to teach from the very get go. Sometimes when we, when we hold the line or where we, um, where we really establish an idea or a truth in our kids' lives, when they go against that truth, um, they still learn from it without us even having to say the, I told you so they're like, Oh, well, you know, I'm hurting now. Well, mm-hmm. and we don't want to rub their noses. And, oh, you wouldn't be hurting if you'd done it my way. But we can mm-hmm. remind them, yes, yeah, sometimes we all make decisions that get us into a place where we're hurting. And I love you. And I try to learn from everything that I do that I see doesn't work out. And I hope you're learning. And if you need help learning, I'm here for you. That kind of unconditional go fail and learn from it is is a catalyst for our kids being able to grow in their relationships. So mm-hmm. I know I just like did a a flyover of a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. With our remaining time, what do you think we should focus down on? Or is there an aspect we should focus well, down on? Well, I just on? wanted to say, too, because I was just, it, I don't know, I just kind of like popped into my head. But it's like, you know, I understand, too, that like parents always like wish and want their kids to come talk to them about anything. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't always happen. Mm-mm. And like, you can't force it. And I feel like, and I feel like too, trying to like corner your kids um, about certain things will doesn't really work. have the opposite effect yeah. of what you're trying to accomplish. And um, so, you know, just like really just like trying to be like, oh, hey, you know, I'm here if you want to talk about that, you know. But like trying to be like, be present. Well, yeah. Well, what did he say? What is that note that you got? What what's going on? Like, yeah. you're going to talk to me about that. Like, they're going to be n- like, that's not going to happen. They're, they're going to not want to share with you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. But parents, we have to be available and know that our kids might not talk to us about it. But mm-hmm. that's where community is important. Like you're working on. Yeah. Um, you know, having a church community and you have friendships and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids, they have, I can, I'm just going through my head right now. I can think of 10 people mm-hmm. that I trust that they could call today and have a tough discussion with them if they weren't willing to talk to me. Right. Um, what are you doing to surround your kids with people like that? Um, yeah. I've got a ton of those types, types of people. And people will say, oh, it's easy. You're a pastor, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm a pastor, mm-hmm. but a lot of pastors are more alone than I am. Because I'm part of a church community that allows me to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. also where I am deep family with the people that come to New Hope. They are my family. Mm-hmm. Like ride or die with these people. They ride yeah. or die with me. And so I know that there's a community of friends, of other parents. Um funny thing is, if if it'd be awkward, but if my daughter was having relationship problems with this new guy. She could mm-hmm. run to her ex-boyfriend's mom who would in a heartbeat take her to lunch or go get coffee or something and be there for her. And I would trust her to be there for her because she's become mm-hmm. my good friend. Yeah. Um, 
So just surrounding those types of people mm-hmm. around surrounding your kids with those types of people is, is huge. It does take a community and you do need to think about the influences that are in their lives. Do all the parents that yeah. your kids would go to or the other significant adults, do they agree with your take on premarital sex? A lot of parents take a, uh, well, they're going to do it anyway. So I might as well, you know, put them on birth control or do whatever. Um, I don't buy all that. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a pediatrician that was, you know, on us about getting the HPV vaccine for our daughters. And we shouldn't see mm-hmm. the need because yeah. we're and and call us naive. But guess what? We haven't had to. Mm-hmm. Um, because of where their values are. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they'll decide to get it eventually because you never know who they're going to marry and people have pasts and things like that, that God redeems or what have you. But mm-hmm. we're not going to make any of those decisions based on capitulating to the idea that they're going to be sexually active before they're supposed to. Right. We'll deal with the fallout. If one of my daughters had been promiscuous and got pregnant and I'm a grandfather way sooner than I wanted to be, or if my son accomplished that somehow or whatever, of course, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there for them. And that's a fallout mm-hmm. I chose because I wanted to do things God's way by my children. I'm trying to be careful with how much I talk about Caden because he's <laughs> in the room and it's got to be incredibly awkward for him. Um, what'd you say? He's, I heard, yep. <laughs> so, but I'm very, I will say this so he can hear. I'm very proud of him and his growth as a man and his approach to how he's growing in relationships and learning from the one that he's in, whether it lasts for life or not. Mm-hmm. Um, he's learning at an incredible pace and I'm super proud. So that's great. Yep. What else? What else do we want to touch, touch on before we're done here? Even I have no done. idea. Okay. So parents wrapping it up then um, we're yeah. at 40 minutes and, and we'll, we'll head for the finish line here uh, mm-hmm. for this session. Um, Make sure that you teach your kids about intimacy. Model it from the earliest ages. Uh, you model that by how you treat your spouse. Um, mm-hmm. Your kids need to see you get into arguments, but solve them. And those arguments need to be appropriate. And they need to see your conflict management and restoration and forgiveness and long-suffering and patience and grace with each other. They need to see that right in front of them because they need mm-hmm. to learn all those things from you. Um Little girls learn what kind of guy to pick by how their husbands treat their, by how their daddies treat their mommies, period. Mm -hmm. And guys learn the same thing from their dads. Um, Mm -hmm. We need to create good men and men need to be men and wives need to be wives right in front of their kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have a plan when your kids are going on dates. Um, If, if your kid is, is with somebody you don't want them to be with, wrap that kid into your family, you know, invite them Mm -hmm. over constantly. Um, Say, Hey, I'd like, I'd like to get to know him. I'm going to go out to coffee with him. I plan if this guy that Faith's going to win her formal with mm-hmm. is uh, somebody she's going to keep in her life for any length of time, you can count on him go- and I going out to lunch and getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. And based on what I've experienced with this kid so far, he'll embrace that. Um, so I'm still going to lunch sometimes with her ex-boyfriend uh, because I just <laughs> care about him. But But yeah. the guys in their lives know I care about them. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so do all of that, wrap them in, don't, don't elevate their relationship to something that it's not keep it where it's at, but honor them and respect them. Open communication, remind them from time to time that you ever get in a situation, you don't know what to do. You can come to me and I love Mm -hmm. you and I'll be there for you. 
Um, yeah. All those things are important. Dates should be public. When they're over, they're over. Um, you know, that that time between when a date ends and when they have to be home, that's when a lot of hanky-panky, just being blunt, takes place. Make sure when that date's over, it's over. And and set that boundary for your kids. Yeah. Um, you know, we have tools that my parents didn't have, like Life360, and and uh, we can track our kids and things. And go, oh, why mm-hmm. are they just sitting by the side of the road at this place, at this park? Why are they at the park? They didn't tell me they were right? going to the park. Yeah. So actively monitor your kids, do all those things. Yeah. And um, you'll be setting yourself up for as much success as you can. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I got nothing. I already said everything that I Sam, think I, wanna, I could I w- say. I do want to encourage you with the amazing job that you did in finding who you found. Because you did go to some extremes, from extreme to extreme, in terms of what you decided was acceptable in your life and what wasn't. And I credit that to the Lord because you learned about your identity. And I think that was a big deal. You learned about the worth that you have in Christ and you weren't worth you weren't willing to settle for less. Thank you. And so praise God for that and that you were willing to submit to that. It's a big deal. I said it twice. Yeah. I know. Praise God for it. Amen. Probably the only way it happened. <laughs> right. Well, no, it is. I mean, by the grace of Let's God, be go any of us for sure. Um, you know, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck in progress too. We all are. Mm-hmm. And we uh, all are. Yeah. Thank the Lord that he picks up the pieces and, and finds a way to put them back together again. Um, yeah. God's not, God is not stumped by Humpty Dumpty. There's the soundbite for this podcast. <laughs> he can put them back together again. Yeah. So if he put me back together, he can surely take care of Humpty Dumpty. So should I pray us out before I start yes. going to other nursery rhymes? Yeah. All Let's right. Do Lord, it. Yeah. Lord God, we thank you and praise you that you gave us Eros, that you gave us this style of love that's romantic. It's amazing. And the companionship that comes from it and the intimacy that comes from it's amazing. But Lord God, I pray that you would guide parents that are listening to this and give them peace, Lord God, to just understand and know how they can um, take the truth that you gave for how to enjoy these relationships and apply them to their lives. Uh, we pray protection over our children, Lord God, as they make adult choices um, that they're not ready to make sometimes. And and as they're in, in adult situations, they shouldn't even be in. Um, when we have a society that's actually questioning the basic gender that we're born with and a lot of the confusion that goes along with what how things are right now, Lord God, we just pray that your truth would cut through. And that we'd see that you have a way to be fulfilled and satisfied that has us anchored to your truth the way you designed things. And Lord God, and, and the way you designed us. So we love you. Um, we we commit our children to you and their outcomes and their, their future husbands and wives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I heard you say whelp. Okay, yeah, I gotta go. I just got, Trevor said, (laughs) we're at the park, need help. They're both being bad. (laughs) Okay, well, you better get over there. So from the 813 discussion, we will see you next time. Have a good week. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to press the like button and subscribe to the 813 discussion on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share us with your friends as well. 
If you are interested in supporting the production of the podcast, email Pastor Paul or Sam by checking the show notes. Until next time, be blessed and go thrive.